0: Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening, via this afternoon, via Zencaster is my friend Michael Lieboff. And Mike, uh, we have a date for the start of Islanders camp. We have a date for the start of the season, and uh, it's time to get excited for uh, another Islanders season and uh, see what how they can follow up their run to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Yeah, it's it's
1: strange because we're in the middle of the Islanders' most successful, sustained success, probably in my life, uh, definitely actually, uh, and they're expect you'd expect a team like on with with that kind of run would would have higher expectations, but uh, that's not really the case. I think it's a number of different things are kind of keeping people off the Islanders. One, they're they're still a relatively anonymous team, you know, it's a sum of all their all of its parts. Uh, and two, you know, people are talking are spending so much time talking about uh, the the all Canadian division, the North Division, uh, that you know the media just kind of forgot that the NHL is you know, thirty one teams deep, not just seven. So uh, I think I think there's a couple of things you know going on. There's so many teams at, at, at these weird crossroads because of the cap and obviously the, what the pandemic's doing to teams' uh, kind of economic outlook. So uh, there, it's just it's it, they're flying under the radar again. They're they, you can see the season go one of you know two ways where the Islanders, you know, are bastards to beat again. Like they just are tough to beat, and this kind of schedule really plays into that strength. Or you can see them just not having enough talent to to stay with uh, teams like Boston, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Washington on a nightly basis because uh, that's who they're going to be dealing with. So it's it's uh, I'm excited. I, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm 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 the thing I'm most scared about is that I don't have as much dread, existential dread about this season that I do. Normally, which means that it's it's all going to go to shit. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's the old the old Islanders fan bugaboo is that you know do I get excited about this or do I brace myself for the eventual collapse and other shoes dropping and falling out of the sky like uh, rain? Um, yeah, it's it's a definitely you know it's been a very very long time since the Islanders came off a run like the one they had where they came very close to making the stanley cup final now we know you know the they probably to, to beat the La- the lightning would have been a monumental achievement and i mean by the time the islanders got there they were kind of beat up a little bit out of gas they that first game was a total disaster the second game was a disaster of a different kind where they lost you know in the last couple of seconds then they kind of got got things under control and you know put on a better showing over the last four games or so but you know theoretically they they did come just within two wins of the Stanley cup final again in a, in a, you know, final that would have seen them play against Dallas is a team that, you know, they probably could have beaten. Um, but I, again, I don't think, you know, anybody's complaining that the lightning one, they, they were the better team throughout the entire season, but it does bring with you into this season, a completely different mindset. Like, okay, well now what? And so far in this off season, there's a couple of things that that have happened that, you know, do make you wonder about what's going to happen. First was the trade of Devon which we talked about a couple episodes ago. Uh, pretty surprising, you know, not something that anybody wanted to do, including Lou Lamorello, who said basically, you know, the economic reality of the salary cap uh, forced them to do it. And they got two first, two second round picks out of it, which isn't bad, but like, you're also losing Devon and good for the Avalanche. that They got a pretty darn good player, but you know, there were a lot of things that happened before that trade that you wonder about and, you know, yeah, okay, that trade was necessary, but why? Well, you know, there's some guys making a lot of money that we can't get rid of, and this guy is a desired prospect, so he can be gotten. So that's problem number one. We're going to talk about his replacement uh, a little bit later in the show. Second thing was Johnny Boychuck, uh basically ending his career, not retiring because, you know, that would change the Islanders' uh, salary cap situation too, but he's not going to be playing the final two seasons of his contract uh, due to uh, the eye injury that he had. It's tough. Uh, The guys in the locker room are going to miss having Johnny around. Um, That being said, you know, his role had on the ice had been sort of minimized, particularly during the the playoff run. Thanks to Andy Green, who has yet to resign, but probably will. Uh, So that's another big thing. Um, The third big thing. um, And this is a a kind of an unknown that we're going to talk about a lot. We haven't talked about him in a while, is the addition of Ilya Sorokin, Sorokin. Of course, being the white whale, as Mike Carver called him for a long time, the the goalie, the Russian goalie who we heard about for years was going to change the Islanders fortunes in a big way. He had a spectacular KHL career, wasn't sure if he was going to sign. Finally, he signed and couldn't play because the NHL decided to change their rules the 11th hour before the playoffs started. Uh, but he was in the bubble. He did practice. He's been learning English. He's been working with Mitch Korn and Piero Greco and the rest of the team and, and you know, been integrating. He was in the, pe- the ping pong tournament uh, that they had at the hotel during the playoffs. So um, he's an Islander now and how he changes things once they take to the ice is going to be uh, a big swing. And so you look at this team and like you said, the expectations are not high because, you know, 90% of the roster is the same, they lost Taves, they lost Boychuk, but there's this one huge new addition that could change literally everything. And, you know, Goalie obviously is the most important team, player on the team. And, uh, you yeah, know, if if Sorokin is as good as advertised, I definitely think the Islanders have a chance to be in the top four to make the playoffs. But again, it's, like you said, it's an interdivision, a lot of Rangers, Penguins, uh, Flyers, Bruins now are in their division. You know, Devils and Sabres, they got some issues to work out, um, but that's a lot of heft. You know, they got some good players too, and it's not going to be easy. And if, again, if Sorokin is the real deal, it's going to make things a lot easier <laughs> to, to be sure. And uh, yeah, maybe they can follow up last year's pretty pretty good season with uh, another pretty good one. I,
1: I think one reason, Dan and I were talking before the show about the, uh, people kind of just stopped talking about Sorokin right, right after he signed. And I think one reason is just, you don't want to, I guess, jinx him, but, like, I think Islander fans are very sure of, or very um, aware of, like, what could happen. Like, this guy could be at a ceiling, like, you know, a do- Dominic Hasek, Henrik Lundqvist, ch- franchise-changing goalie. Uh, that's unlikely, sure, but, like, there's there's a chance. It's for the first—like, we weren't expecting Thomas Grice or, uh, you know, Yaro Halak going back or Simeon Varlamov. Robin Leonard almost, you know, but— Nobody was expecting these guys to be more than a two to three year stopgap. And that is kind of how the Islanders have been, you know, handling their goaltending situation since Rick DiPietro, who was supposed to be the dominant. Yeah. So having that, this, this potential ace in the hole really does have the potential to change this franchise, like you said, from top to bottom. Like the the whole outlook on the franchise can change. Uh, And who, I mean, there's been, there hasn't been like one, uh, Aside from the kind of, uh, I guess, like ro- the the issues of getting him actually on the roster, there really hasn't been anything that's ever thrown us off uh, this path of optimism. He's he's been every every report out of Russia is like this guy could be the best Russian goalie since you know whoever you want, since Vladislav trechiak or Gennady Abaka, Sergei Bobrovsky, wherever you want to go. Um, and and there's never been a, a situation where he's like, oh, he had a down year this year for in the KHL there's never been these like we you know these wobbles so it's like almost a good bet I mean I saw there's there's one speaking of bets like he's Igor Shusterkin of course is, is like the plus 250 two and a half to one favorite to win rookie of the year and Sorokin is 27 to one the only difference between these two players is that Shusterkin has played 12 NHL games like they're both <laughs> high pedigree players they're they're as close as you can get to like projectable, good young goaltenders. And yet, you know, because can plays for the Rangers, he's, he's at the top of the board with, with Lafreniere and uh, Sorokin, of course, nobody, people will find out he's on the Islanders in a couple weeks. Uh So that's why he's in the middle, but they, there's, there's like a, there's a decent chance that this guy just t- turns this franchise from a team. That's all about the guy behind the bench to the guy that's behind the mask. And it's, it's really exciting stuff. Like he could, just think about how, you know, get lost for a little bit. Like that's what the preseason's all about is to, to get lost in optimism and having a blank slate. And you can get lost in thinking like, wow, imagine this guy is, is you know, the next Dominic Hasek, the next big thing in, in the NHL. The Islanders haven't had a, you know, a player like that. You, you, you know, they had John Tavares, but it was pretty quick. We, it was pretty, after what, two or three years, we, we kind of knew like, all right, you know, John Tavares is going to be a very good player. But this is probably where his ceiling is. He's not going to be Sidney Crosby. He's not going to be, you know, Mario Lemieux. And then with Barzell, it's the same thing. We we his his obviously his like uh, pre roster hype wasn't as high as, as Tavares was, but w- that that rookie season obviously we're like, wow, this guy can be that good. And and now we kind of see where his ceiling is. It's like, yeah, this guy can be a very very good number one center. Is he going to be Connor McDavid? No, but. This this guy, Sorokin, we really have no idea. So like the ceiling could be uh, could be a Dominic Hasek type. And I, I I'm so excited. I keep getting I keep forcing myself to to uh to remember like that the Islanders have this guy. Like he's one of the most intriguing prospects in the NHL. Just because everyone's been so quiet about him, I literally have to force myself to think about him like for ten minutes a day and get excited and, and look up. Pictures of him on on, on uh, or videos of him on YouTube and stuff and and if you like Google search him he's he looks like just like he, he looks like a a guy who you'd see like working at uh, I don't know like he, he looks like a scientist a little bit like he's like a skinny kind of nondescript very yeah, skinny yeah yeah with him I'm like yeah. man this
0: dude's skinny
1: <laughs> and you're like this guy's supposed to be one of the best goalies in the world all right yeah. I'm I'm really excited I think he's he, he's the reason I'm most excited for the season.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, we, we just have no idea. And and we've also never seen an Islander player of any uh, position come in with the kind of resume that this guy does. I'm on elite prospects right now. We know he's got one Gagarin cup in the KHL. Uh, He was on his way to, you know, a long playoff run. They, his team CSKA um, swept their first round series when the entire season over there was shut down due to the virus. Uh, He had another, I think they lost the uh, in the finals the year before they won. He's got a ton of playoff games played and and he's still only 25 years old. And so, you know, this, this dude has accomplished things (laughs) in hockey that nobody coming to the Islanders had, Um, you know, I mean, uh, uh, Noah Dobson is another one. We're going to talk about him in a second, you know, with the two Memorial cups, but this is really somebody who could be something very special and, Again, if if he does, like you said, that changes the entire makeup of the roster. And suddenly a team that, you know, admittedly doesn't have a ton of high end, top end talent um, suddenly may not really need it. Like all of a sudden their top end talent is the guy on the back end and maybe the front forward talent will be enough to to move it forward. And, you know, they won't need that kind of game-breaking winger or whatever that we've all been salivating over. We're talking the second half about some free agents that have signed that have slipped through the Islanders' grasp uh, later on. But, uh, yeah, so it, and it is funny, like you said. Like, nobody's – everybody stopped talking about it. Now, part of that is also by design because – once the bubble, once the Islanders went into the bubble, Lou Lamorello basically put a big clamp down and was like, nobody asked me about Sorokin. You know, he's here, that's it, we're done, and we're going to focus on these guys. So part of that was by design, but then the season ended and still nobody kept talking about him. So uh, we'll have, just have to wait and see, and uh, it's going to be very interesting. Now, the Islanders do start with, I think, two games at the Garden against the Rangers uh, in this sort of crazy 56-game interdivision-only schedule. So I, I don't know if he would get that first game I would think that uh, Simeon Varlamov, after the you know playoff he had, would probably get the start there. Um, but I would think from game two on, um, you'd start seeing a sort of an EB flip flop uh, situation until one guy maybe gets the hot hand and takes over. And really, it could be either of them. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, the other big new addition uh, and another guy that not a lot of ton of people are talking about is Noah Dobson, who spent last year with the Islanders, didn't play a ton uh, because his options were either stay with the Islanders or go back to junior. And he was too good for junior. I mean, you win two Memorial Cups. There's really literally nothing left for you to do in junior hockey, but he was too young to play in the AHL. So he couldn't go there. Uh, and so the Islanders had him on the roster. And he did play, and he played pretty well when he played. Him and Andy Green in particular made a, a pretty, pretty effective pairing for a while there. And uh, you know, he's another guy that um has we've never we haven't seen, we haven't even scratched the surface of what he's capable of. And yes, trading Taves. Again, not something anybody wanted to do. But having said that, I feel like the team feels that Noah Dobson could be um his replacement. And we were joking before that, you know, we've we've tried this replacement thing before. And I remember a lot of comments about how, you know, trading Mark Strike wasn't going to be that big a deal because the Islanders had Matt Donovan. Well, that didn't quite work out <laughs> as we all hoped, but there was a big difference. There's a big difference between Matt Donovan. And Noah Dobson, no offense to Matt Donovan, who was a nice player, but he's not Noah Dobson, who, again, just like Sorokin, a couple of years younger, though, is just barely scratching the surface. And we have no idea what he can be. And, I mean, we're talking about adding him to a defense that already includes Ryan Pulock and Adam Pellick, guys that we know are pretty darn good. Scott Mayfield, who's really good, and obviously Nick Letty, who's been around for a long time. So, um, again, big, huge swing here. And, and if Dobson is as good as advertised and is ready to hit the ground running, um, that could be a huge, a huge addition to the Islanders that nobody really has accounted for so far in, in any season previews that I've read at least. Yeah. He's,
1: uh, he's like, it's weird. He's just, uh, been, it, it's people are treating him like he's been with the Islanders forever. And like, he's a known commodity, which he's not, he's like, yeah. like you said, like, the, who knows how good this guy could be? We don't, we have no idea. Uh, and if, if, if Sorokin is good, if, if Sorokin is you know as nearly as good as advertiser close to it and and Noah Dobson plays kind of to the level that we saw when he came in the bubble which is you know an unflappable puck mover wise beyond his years in, in, in hockey terms and 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 a decent like offensive contributor who, who seems to have like just great instincts on, on when to join the rush and stuff like that and um, like if, if he can provide a little bit of what what uh Devon Taves did and Nick maybe this Nick Letty Scott Mayfield pairing works you know Nick was playing with Johnny Boychuk who that 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 probably you know weighed him down a little bit just because of Boychuk's um bowl in a china shop kind of style which which can really put pressure on on his partner but uh if 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 the two of them if if Dobson does take a big step forward and, and Letty sort of returns to form which we we did see a little bit in the bubble too like you know we'll we'll Obviously, still, still, be still a little upset that Devon Taves is, is not on the roster, but uh, it, it'll make you forget it quicker than than if they, if these guys struggle uh, and take some heat off heat off of Lamarillo. Not that that stuff ever seems to to catch up to him, anyways. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's both of these guys too. I think one thing that is also being overlooked is both of these guys are coming into good situations for where they are in their career. Um, and I'm not just saying that because Simeon Varlamov is also Russian, but like Barry, wouldn't you, if you're about to make your NHL debut, what coach would what better coach out there than to do it for, for Barry Trotz who, who has a way of trying to make life easy on goaltenders. uh, As we saw him completely resurrect the career of Robin Leonard. Uh, He got Thomas Grice, uh, a great, you know, into the sunset contract from a bad team. Like this, this guy knows how to, how to kind of protect goalies and uh he'll know what to do with dobson too he'll, he'll you know andy green and is a perfect like veteran partner assuming that this this handshake agreement comes to fruition uh hilarious but like this is these are good situations with both of these guys i know like the islanders defensive numbers dipped a little bit last year but i just they're they got m- much better in the bubble and they these guys like this team is just so well drilled on uh you know, defensive responsibility that it's just it it really does uh you know play into into the hands of Sorokin and, and Dobson at this point in their career uh so like I I think it's you know you just never know in in hockey about anything and you, you it, with young players and especially goaltenders it becomes different but if if I, w- I would say it's more likely than not that these two are successes in in this first year what what, what your definition of success of course uh will vary but like in in, i just think they both will be positive contributors to a roster that if it like i said could go one or two like if if guys go cold like somebody's going to need to to write the ship quickly which we saw when that when the islanders went through that that horrible losing streak into the hiatus like everybody went cold there was nobody just to lean on uh for for to steal a game or to, to break a game and uh, not saying that Noah Dobson will basically do that just because it's the nature of position, but Sorokin perhaps like these, these guys could be uh, Sorokin especially could be a, a, a season rescuer at the time when the team goes cold and Dobson is just hopefully is a steady influence. But that, that if, if these guys can, can kind of realize those paths, like the Islanders could be good. This is a team that was a win away from being a win away from the Stanley cup. Let's right.
0: not. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And you know, I hadn't even thought about it, but you're right. Like, the the other big thing too is that they have a coach who can, uh, you know, this isn't like uh, again with that with all due respect to the uh, previous coaching staffs, you know, having Dobson play under Barry Trotz is a good thing, having Sorokin play under Barry Trotz is a good thing, you know, Barry's been through here before, bring Lou lamarello has been through this before. And, you know, they they know how it is being, you know, early in your NHL season. And I think that they will you know, going to impart some wisdom that is going to help. Now, you know, Sorokin, obviously, coming from Russia, he's learning English, as we learn. Uh, he's working with Mitch Korn, which is obviously a good thing for goalies. We've been down that road before, too. You mentioned Dominic Hasek before. And Mitch Korn knows probably more about Dominic Hasek than anybody else that's not Dominic Kashik. So, um, yeah, the, yeah, these are all good things uh, that, you know, really should... Like you said, can you know, help you get lost in the optimism? Now, there is one guy who, as of right now, isn't here yet. And we mentioned it before, his name is Matt Barzell. Now he does need a new contract. He is a restricted free agent. We are recording this currently at 1130 on Tuesday, December 29th. And by the time we're done with this, perhaps by the time ta- <laughs> during our recording of this, uh, he may already be signed. I'm not worried about it. I'm not gonna sit here and, you know, be, oh my god, what are they gonna do? I, I see no reason why he wouldn't be signed. Uh, his agent is JP Barry, I believe. Right. Is that right? And, um, he's, you know, another veteran guy who's been around. So, you know, they're just going to work it out and come to a number and, and agree to it. Probably going to be a bridge deal, you know, two seasons, uh, which would keep him as an RFA for the next time. And he'll have like arbitration rights and it will be a bigger number at that point. Um, again, I don't see any reason why Barzell wouldn't be an Islander. It's just a matter of finding a number and, you know, again, boy, Chuck, uh, being put on long-term injured reserve at some point is going to change well, how, how much Luna Merlo can spend. Um, and, you know, he's another guy who I think will probably look to to take a leap ahead. Now, obviously, Barzell's been around for a long time. Everybody knows what he can do. Um, he's His defensive work has gotten much better. He was really very, very good during the playoffs, doing a lot of back-checking and stuff like that. And I'm wondering, I don't want to get too crazy now, getting lost in optimism is one thing, but like, I don't want to start sounding like a crazy person, but I I do wonder if, you know, we can start seeing a change in Barzell um, into more of a sort of Patrice Bergeron type. And I know that's a huge thing and people are probably like, Oh my God, what are you crazy? Um, Bergeron is obviously one of the best players in the league. He's a guy who wins a Selkie every damn year, but he's also known for like scoring goals, particularly goals in big moments. And sometimes I look at Barzell and I'm like, maybe that's, the, the blueprint, maybe that's the guy who he will become and it's going to take a change in him. And, you know, uh, I don't think he's a guy who doesn't want to score goals. He certainly does, but you know, Bergeron is a guy who gets his, his share of goals too. So, you know, that would be the kind of thing that would also obviously change the Islanders fortunes. And they'd have to go out and find a, I guess, a Brad Marchand type to, to compliment him. But, um, you know, I, again, Barzell's only 20, He's 20, 24, right? I mean, he's very young and, uh, we've seen him do some incredible things, but you know, the potential is there for even more incredible things. And so, um, there, there's a lot. He's, he's 23. He's, uh, he's not even 24 yet. So there's a lot of potential here. And I know it's easy to look at the roster and be like, yeah, it's basically the same team as before. And a lot of them are, let's be honest, Jordan Eberly, Andrews Lee, a lot of guys in defense, a lot of the older guys, you know, JG Pejo is going to be here now for the whole season. Uh, but we know what, what he brings and, and things like that. So, um, yes, a lot of the roster is the same, but there is potential in a couple of huge pieces that could change the way the Islanders go forward and then make a lot of these previews look kind of dumb because they're not really, you know, taking that into account, but we'll have to see.
1: Well, yeah, I think uh, so much attention is focused, uh, especially for the Islanders, so much attention is focused on the bottom of the roster, the bad, like, and, 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 and the bottom of the roster for the next three years, like, People's, people, when, if you're talking about the 2021 season, what Leo Komarov makes in you know 2023 doesn't really matter when you're when you're looking at the X's and O's. Sure, it makes the franchise's situation uh, more of a you know a chunky predicament than anything, but like it's it's not it's not going to affect whether or not the Islanders beat the Devils on you know mm-hmm. January 30th. But like, it, and so many so much attention gets paid that way about the Islanders being an old team with you know the the fourth line that's all overpaid and uh the bad contract for this goalie and this and that and, and so not enough attention is paid to hey like we're talking about all the things that can go wrong but if the things that go right go right like if if Matt Barzell I think the Patrice Bergeron comparison would, would be great and he, he does have the skill set to do it because he's he's smart he's quick uh he's 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 very uh crafty uh, he's, he's like Pavel Datsuk on, on back checks like he's pretty good at turning the puck over. Uh, from from unadvantaged positions and uh it, it, I mean if, if if these guys do do that like if, if if Barzell steps forward if Anthony Beauvillier continues his his you know star turn into Jonathan so if mm-hmm. if these guys do these, these things like the Islanders will be right there like they're not they're gonna there's no reason not to believe that this team will be easy to be, there's no reason to believe that this team will be easy to beat because that's you know we've seen for 2 years now over 100 and some odd games of Barry Trot hockey including a lot of playoff games they are hard to beat that's their strength that's what they do best like these this if you if you sprinkle a little bit of star power onto a team like that they they are going to be a good team and they're going to be able to slug it out against and, and, and defy expectations so it's 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 frustrating at, at, but it's it's at the same time we're, I'm kind of used to it. And, and I don't know how I would handle, uh, you know, the type of optimism we'd seen, you know, in the, especially like the hype train that the Islanders kind of became in in uh, the last year at the Coliseum when they lost to the Capitals in that first round series, like when people were t- tuning into the Islanders and calling them, you know, a great team to watch, whatever. Like, I don't know if I'd be comfortable with, with that kind of he's he right. anymore it's with the way that the the league and the, the media kind of treat the islanders now I, I i you know it was time to relish that and and just be the you know the the battered bastards of, of the the nhl it's that's fine and that's an identity like i can get behind i think all islander fans can get behind that identity and the team it's pretty easy pretty easy identity for the team to get behind uh but the results obviously just got to come and and i think that the we also kind of glossed over Pajot. Because it feels like he's been here for three years now. Because yeah. <laughs> you know how good he was and how important he was, and what he did was he turned a you know a very fragile situation on in the Islanders' spine into a strength. That there aren't many teams who have the center depth that the Islanders have. Casey Sizikus is perhaps the best fourth line center in the league. JG Peugeot is perhaps the best third line center in the league, and then Matt Barzell and Brock Nelson are both competent in their roles. So, like, there's there are some serious objective strengths to this team plus there's the the Hail Marys or not even Hail Marys there's the you know the the high ceilings uh pieces in Sorokin and Dobson uh that it's you, you know you start to convince yourself like this season doesn't look as bleak as I feel like a lot of people are making it seem out to seem uh and who knows like this when when you if all it all matters is making the tournament and the Islanders know if the if the Islanders are at their best, they're going to be the you know at the, at the NHL Network preview show before the first round of the playoffs. They're going to be the the team that nobody wants to see in the first round. You know that cliche like that's that's where the island that's where you want the Islanders to be. They want them to be in that mold where nobody wants to play them because they're "quote unquote" boring and they they suffocate you. But they have the guys who can who will you know finish off and be clinical and and, and win them the games. Uh, and you know this game plan is. Two for two in terms of successful seasons, so you know why not roll it back and and see what what happens when when you do have Ilya Sorokin as, as the goaltender with with Simeon Barlamov and not Thomas Bryson. uh It's just it's it seems. I, I really thought that this team was going to look different at, at after the bubble, just because we were told that, and then obviously so many different variables weirdly forced the Islanders into status quo where everybody else was you know. Just, you know, acquiring, doing these salary cap gymnastics for some reason, the Islanders and all of this, just the dust settled and they're just still the Islanders. Uh, and uh, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, the, the problem is that the, the flex, the, the biggest weakness is the, their flexibility. Like if, if things don't click for them and they start slow, like they're not going to be able to, you know, inject the roster with another JG Pajot via trade or whatever, because they right. don't have the, uh, you know the, the big prospect coming through the pipeline that's not on the roster, or they don't and they don't have the cap flexibility to make a big trade. I say that in, in, in you know 40 minutes, we'll, we'll go out and acquire Zach Parisi or something, but <laughs> yeah. that's that's the problem. Like, there, 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 there kind of is, is a plan A and there kind of is a plan B with uh, you know, Sorokin kind of just being the goalie that steals games. But uh, in, in this NHL, like, if you if if you kind of need a plan C, like things things go wrong, people get hurt. Uh, the schedule is going to be so that it's bad things are going to happen. Uh, so that's that's where the concern is. But you can't project those things. Like you just don't know. Like if the Islanders could catch breaks, or they could. Or they might not. That's that's usually what ends up happening in the NHL. That's who succeeds as a team that catches the breaks. Uh, as long as you are set up to make the most of them, and I think the Islanders are.
0: Yeah, yeah. That schedule is another thing too. That uh, before we go to break, but yeah, you know, fifty-six games man, anything can happen. And, you know, that's, that's not a lot of games. <laughs> and so somebody gets off to a hot start or finishes hot um, and rolls into the playoffs like that, it can make a big difference. You don't have that sort of like the dog days in the middle, you know, it's like 30-whatever games or 20-something games that you don't have to play, that you don't have to worry about. And it it's going to be tough in the sense that you're playing everybody in your division, but, like, we've seen it before where – know, they had a 48 game season where you only played the one conference. So, uh, yeah, again, hot goalie, short season, maybe some, some guys, you know, finding another level that they hadn't seen before. And it could all, uh, could all mean a lot for the Islanders. Uh, so we're going to take a break and then uh, we'll come back. We'll talk a couple about, uh, talk a few minutes about, uh, guys that have signed, uh, free agent contracts. None of them have signed with the Islanders yet, but uh, a couple of them were on Islanders fans radar and, uh, they're now out of the picture. So we'll, we'll talk about them. And, uh, See, uh, you know, what it looks like around the league before uh, training camp starts.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're hear in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment.
0: That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is hey, not as simple you know as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal.
1: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.
0: That's
1: right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Our very favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring uh, over 100 classic hockey logos. Uh, Kevin there is running a clearance sale right now. So take a look at VintageIceHockey.com. You can find cool stuff that uh, has been reduced and uh, maybe find a team that that speaks to you. Uh, You could always use our uh, code, which is Lighthouse15. Save yourself 15%. He also sells our Al Arbor T-shirts and our portion of sales of that shirt go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Check it out, vintageicehockey.com. It's not too late <laughs> to get something really cool uh, before the season starts. All right, so check it out. Um, yeah, so there's been some free agent signings around the league uh, so far. W- once it was really announced that you know the schedule had been sort of uh, – or that the NHL and, and NHLPA had kind of come to an understanding and that schedule and stuff would be rolling out, the, the, the momentum started to pick up somewhat. Uh, the Lightning made a trade with the Senators, sending Cedric Paquette and um who was the other guy not matt carl some other big dude Braden coburn to uh ottawa for uh, the the ghost of marion hosa who was still on the senator's roster apparently uh and a second round pick or something so basically it was a salary dump because the lightning had to sign a whole bunch of guys uh which they did but they're still kind of in a little bit of salary problem so maybe they're in trouble um just the other day mike hoffman signed a pto with the blues who uh, had lost Alex Steen to a similar situation. To Johnny Boychuk, he was injured, basically said, I'm done. Hasn't retired. He's going to be put on LTIR. Um, and so the blues were looking for some, uh, Tarasenko apparently is out too with some injuries. So, you know, Mike Hoffman's a pick, p- pretty good pickup for them, but it's a PTO. So he's going to sign a big contract at some point. And then just last night, uh, Andreas Athanasiu apparently has settled on a contract with LA, uh, making the slowest oldest team in the league, uh, so just trying to be faster, basically, because that guy is all all speed all the time. Um, you know, Hoffman in particular was a guy who who came up a lot in Islanders fan circles. Personally, I, I never saw it happening. Pierre LeBrun wrote at the Athletic that the Islanders were one of the teams that was talking to Hoffman. That's a little bit surprising to me, but I don't know, man. I know they need their power play needs a lot of work, but Hoffman didn't really seem like the kind of guy they're going to go out and sort of get. Not at this stage, and again, they had no cap space. Even even with Boychuk being put on LTIR, eh, it just didn't seem like it was going to be the right move. So I'm not all that broken up about it. Uh, oh duh, I completely forgot. Derek Brassard apparently is going to sign with Arizona, so he won't be in the Islanders' plans. They hung on to him for a little while, but it's not going to work. I acknowledge, you know, he had some good games in his one season with the Islanders, particularly in the playoffs. But again, I'm not going to be all broken up about it. I feel like that third line spot could could probably go to somebody else and uh you know somebody who who can you know is a little bit younger and probably has the same amount of potential um but you know he he did do some some things here so he'll be a little bit missed I'm sure in the locker room and then Athanasius is a guy I thought would be kind of a cool ad pretty cheap but you know his defense is absolutely terrible and I thought if anybody could turn that around it would have been Barry trotz uh but uh he decided to go play in LA so you know, I, I don't think any of these moves really impact the Islanders all that much. Um, and I don't think that, you know, it's kind of like, ah, I can't believe they missed out on that. But again, you got to remember they had no no cap space anyway. So, I mean, it's not like they were going to go out and just start signing dudes left and right. But it is. Uh, anybody I'm missing? You, you have any thoughts on, on any of these guys here? I mean, Hoffman is the guy who came up a lot, but I never really thought it was going to be a thing, you know? Yeah, I, I didn't
1: think. Uh, I mean, he would have been, like you said, a good fit because he. Could score, but other like the rest of his game kind of made him like a little bit of a, a square peg in a round hole with trots So uh I, I mean, it's 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 such a, it's been such a weird off season with with like the way things going that I kind of after like the first couple of days of free agency when the Islanders didn't sign anybody, I really I, I, and like I said, I I was very wrong. I thought that this roster would kind of get overhauled a little bit, but um after they didn't, I was like, all right, I'm kind of resigned to the fact that. Uh, this team is probably just gonna run it back and uh that's that's what it looks like. I who, who knows what kind of PTO things, weird things Lou can work out uh in uh b- before camp. Like obviously the Hoffman thing was you know, unprecedented, I guess, with taking a non guaranteed contract as like one of the prize free agents just because of the way uh you know the, the the pandemic has changed uh changed free agency. But uh so there's there there is a chance that maybe the Islanders Find uh, like a a deal like that for someone. I I almost don't like like want them to at this point because yeah. like you look at who's out there and it's just not anybody that that that's, that's that is that exciting and and you know I, like you said like the Bressard uh, the departure does open up a, a spot on the in the lineup for hopefully someone like Oliver Wallstrom who uh, he he as as he did score but he looked pretty. Good and uh, in in that ten game or nine game stint that he had, or there was one game I think it was against Columbus early in the season where he he had a couple of shifts where he was dominant and he was getting that shot off. And he hit the post and and just you saw like you're like all right like this this kid could definitely play and and like like we've been saying with the other guys like tr- perfect situation for him with Trots like he'll get the most he should hopefully get the most out of him while also turning him into a uh you know the the two hundred foot player that all coaches need need everybody to be all the time, uh, but it's I've, i just i wasn't I've, there was never a signing i would say outside of the taylor hall signing just because mm. you know you, you always want a player like taylor hall and, and it was one year and whatever the Islanders were never going to be able to get him under the cap unless there was a miracle but that, that was the only signing where i was like damn like you know i really would have wished uh you know the islanders had had grabbed taylor hall like the fncu yeah it's a he's he's a fun player I, like you said i don't think he would uh his defensive game would be up to snuff in this in this on this kind of team. He gives them a little bit more offensive upside, but uh, I I I don't I just don't expect the Islanders to look uh, that different. Of course, you know they do have the three guys Martin Green and Corey Schneider with the uh, the the Lou deals where if you know you know <laughs> made if you if you defy if you defy them and, and go sign a, a deal with an, another team while you have a hench th- those deals have been in the drawer for like three months now. <laughs> Crazy. Mm-hmm. it's like it's just so funny that they haven't um you know just because of the barzell thing they haven't been able to get them over the line uh but mm-hmm. i don't think anyone would dare would dare step out on the no, and, so. <laughs> uh so i just i like i said I, I think this team is is pretty well settled having some con- con- continuity in this type of season won't be a bad thing either uh you know players have been all over the place they got a quarantine i don't particularly care for preseason games I think they're horrifying but there might be some benefit to having a team that that, that is basically the same uh when your training camp is shortened uh, and and these these guys all kind of live in the area uh for the most part like the core so like they're uh they've been around each other and and, and should know so it's there there are some pros and cons I guess to both sides but uh I'm, I'm really trying to I'm trying my best to focus on the optimism because uh for the next week you're just going to read about in every preseason preview about how the Islanders are going to struggle in a, in a tough division. And, and I'm, we're here to, to maybe counter, counterbalance that with, with some guarded optimism.
0: Yeah, I mean the Islanders well it's I, before I forget it's funny that you know you were the, the one guy you wanted was Taylor Holland. and you know to miss out on him is one thing but then oh by the way he's in your division now. Like that's even worse. It's a little little extra Islanders kick right there, you know. I'm like, "Oh yeah, great. Now this guy who really could have helped the Islanders is is playing is going to play against some eight times whatever it is this year." But um yeah, you know the, the Islanders are in kind of a weird spot in the division in that you know that they're not the sort of like hot pick like i'm sure the rangers are, their, are a hot pick to make the playoffs cuz they got you know super high end talent number one pick and all that stuff uh the penguins you're, and capitals are nobody's ever going to bet against them because they're the old the old guard and the bruins too are the old guard nobody's ever going to pick against them uh and then um you know you've got the flyers who who also had a pretty nice you know season last year too got really hot at one point and have the goalie already set up and and you know some some names that people know and the islanders are just kind of stuck again they're you know they're the same team they're kind of the same no-name team that's been a long time. So yeah, I can't imagine. You know, they're kind of an easy team to pick to to miss the playoffs. But like you said, I mean, like we've been saying, this, there are there are there are there is hope here. Like, and there's there's options that you know I don't think people are, are really counting on. Um, another, another couple of guys that uh, I'm looking at kept friendly here that that signed contracts that I forgot. Corey Perry yesterday. Man, I can't believe I forgot this. He signed with Montreal. Uh, I'm excited for. Uh, Canadians fans to learn about the existence of the quote Anaheim Ducks that uh, Corey Perry apparently played for for a long time. I'm sure they're completely never heard of this team before yeah. ever in their lives. Um, Carl Carl Soderberg uh, signed with Chicago. Everybody's dropping like flies for the Blackhawks. Jonathan Taves now is going to miss camp. He's ill. Kirby Doc got hurt at the World Juniors, uh, which is just a huge. Uh, you know, bone of contention for (laughs) Blackhawks fans. Why was he there in the first place? It's a whole thing. Corey Crawford obviously is already gone. Um, Eric Holla signed with uh, Nashville. So did Michael Granlund. There's a couple of of useful sort of late 20s guys that, uh, you know, again, I don't think they were ever going to fit where the Islanders needed help, but uh, there's a couple of names you probably heard of off the board. And um, who was the other one? Oh, um, uh, Anthony DeClaire was the other one. Anthony DeClaire signed with the Panthers. you know, a good player that unfortunately can't seem to find a single home. He's got a two year deal with the Panthers. Um, Oh no, sorry. It's a one year deal. And, um, you know, he, he negotiated himself. If you check out the, uh, 31 thoughts podcast. It was a really interesting uh, interview with him about negotiating your own contract and, and doing it without an agent. And uh, he's a pretty sharp dude, pretty interesting dude. And you know, you, you, the kind of guy you, you want to root for. And then you're always like, well, why has he played on 50 teams in the last five years? I, I don't know. It's kind of an odd thing. So, uh, want we'll to f- see how that goes again. Normally that would be irritating because they would play the Panthers a couple times, but this year you could watch from afar and enjoy and see what happens. Cause it's kind of cool. Cause yeah, the Islanders don't have to play the Panthers until, uh, you know, the second round of the playoffs or maybe, I don't know. We'll see what happens, uh, until everybody gets in there. So, so yeah, you know, that's about it. I, I had completely forgotten about Taylor hall cause it happened so long ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's really nobody out there that I think, could have helped in terms of free agency um and then you know the one trade the Islanders made only brought back draft picks. so um yeah we'll see and and you know we'll see what happens as the season goes on there's going to be a the trade deadline i believe is sometime in uh it's like april early, 12th or something yeah it's early april i was going to say uh because the final day of the season is may 8th so we'll see what happens you know i mean the the sabers have taylor hall in that one-year contract and i mean if they're yeah, they, they're they as usual for buffalo if they're not going to be in the playoff hunt uh maybe taylor hall finds himself on yet another team at some point this season so we'll have to see um but yes yeah.
1: it's, it's the uh we're at the point of the free agency where it's like if if you if the islanders do sign someone it's going to be a bad thing <laughs> like it's you know yeah. it, you know it, it'll be like just an or someone like that you're like oh god like no Every you know everything was kind of coming into picture and this kind of just changes everything um you know, because, like, let's be honest. Like, there, there, there are some usable players out there, but uh the Islanders aren't going to. I don't, I don't think the Islanders were, are going to be in the market for Sedeno Chara or, <laughs> you know, it's like it's. But so if if they and the people that they do end up bringing in, uh, it, it could be uh, a, a bad thing. <laughs> so I'm I'm you know at this point it's almost like wake I'm waking up and being like I just don't want to see that the Islanders you know signed that. Uh, Carl Alsner because <laughs> <laughs> he blacked me on Twitter once, but, but because <laughs> it's more, it's more, you know, you know, I just don't want them to sign these guys and uh, take, take a spot away. So um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're at the point where the, the one piece of news that we just need is, is Barzell and then the, and then the, the, the deals for the other three guys and, and hopefully we're on our way.
0: I, yeah, that's about. The, I was going to say the desk drawer deals are the only ones that I guess we're we're waiting on. I thought Trevor Lewis would have been an option, but the Penguins signed him, so uh, he's you know an old Kings guy uh, that won a couple of cups, and I don't know what else he's got on him. Uh, what how much gas he's got left in the tank? But I guess the Penguins are going to try it, and because it's Jim Rutherford and the Penguins, it's a genius move. And if anybody else, I think it would have been dumb. So same with Corey Perry. We were playing that game yesterday. Uh, you know, what if the Islanders had signed Corey Perry? I mean, meanwhile, you know, in, in Montreal, this is perfect. This is great, veteran guy. Oh my God, what a great deal! Just it's chump change. He's going to bring in so much to a team with so many high hopes. And if the Islanders had signed Corey Perry, be like, what the hell are you doing? This guy's cooked. He sucks. I don't understand. He's garbage. He's terrible. He's a horrible person. Why? So that's always a fun game to play at this time of year. We got a little bit of a shorter time with that, but uh, never. Uh, never a bad time. Uh, so uh, that's about it. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, have a happy, healthy New Year. Um, you know we'll be back at, at Lighthouse Hockey no matter what. Uh, you can read us every day for your most up to date Islanders news and discussion. I assume there's going to be some more discussion points <laughs> coming up soon. It's been been pretty quiet for the last uh, few weeks. We haven't had a whole lot uh, to write about, but uh, you know things are going to get kicked off. Like I said, um, uh, training camp starts January third. Season starts January 13th Uh, for the teams that aren't, that weren't in the playoffs last year, the camp's going to start actually New Year's Eve. So that's pretty exciting. You're going to see uh pictures taken of uh, devils and uh, sabers and all those guys. So, but uh we thank you for all you've done this year. 2020 has been uh not fun to say the least. It's been a tough one for everybody and we really appreciate you sticking with us. We hope that, you know, we've given you at least a little bit of time, uh, you know, away from, from a lot of the, uh, less uh less fun and you know uh, kind of depressing parts of this year. And uh we really appreciate you listening and uh hope that uh that will continue into the next year. Uh where can everybody follow you on Twitter? The Bigly Basky with 2 E's. Check out The Bigly Basky with 2 E's on Twitter for your most up-to-date darts uh betting news. So there you go. And and other sports too, but really mainly darts at this <laughs> yeah, point.
1: Yeah, Christmas Christmas time is all about the darts. It's been a it's been a fun tournament. <laughs> uh, there, one, there's one guy who, who I have a bet on. Who's a part? He's he plays. He's oh, sure. He's he plays. He he is a part-time professional darts player, but he's a full-time eggplant farmer. And he's also, he's also just he's a he's a nut. He's very cerebral and like uh he he kind of reminds me of like an NHL goalie, like very in his own head and uh, like Nabakavian. And uh he's he brought an eggplant on stage for the for his first match, and he didn't play that well, though he won and they call, they call eggplants aubergines in, in England. And- really? Yeah. Oh, A U B E R G I N E. So, so the lady asked him, you know, uh, the, the sky sport sports presenter is like, you know, are we going to see the eggplant or the, au- the aubergine back on stage with you? And he said, no, we can't, we can't overdo it with the aubergine.
0: That's amazing. That's, that's all. So if he was the, uh, if he were like the Ray Ferraro, of darts like let's say he went into the commentary world would they call him eggplant parm is that does that they joke call, translate
1: they call him the over genius so, <laughs> because everyone has a nickname there's some great like tomorrow if you're listening to this on, uh actually it's today it's tuesday uh there's a there's a match between uh the polish eagle and the german giant uh yeah. so they're just like everyone's got a nickname uh, everyone's got a walk-on song it's mm-hmm. it's it's like the WWE meets March Madness meets, you know, meets your, your, a dream because you're just watching it. This can't be real. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> How are these guys, you know, they, nobody's, and it's great too, because they're post-match. They, they, they understand what they're doing. They understand that they're playing darts and like, right. nobody's taking it that seriously, but it's fun. And there's a lot of pageantry and you'll never hear a cliche in a post-match interview that they're very, everyone's very clever and funny. Cause like, they're, they're just normal guys. like most of them like ten, the 10 best players in the world maybe are uh not supplementing their income with other jobs like a lot of them, a lot of them were like delivering packages for amazon over the year this past year and, and stuff like that
0: uh, you need to talk to sb nation about starting like a darts <laughs> blog like with yeah. a cool punny title and you know you could you could do all the updates and stuff like that and then now and then you would have a podcast obviously
1: it's right for one of those amazon like all in documentaries like with these guys because they like they like i said like one of one of the best players right now is a eggplant farmer and he's that's amazing he's telling the story about how he's like his boss was like why don't you take some time off and he said he said no because he likes working on the eggplant farm so badly so he writes down he practices in like the back of the farm and he's like writes down the hours that he worked and writes down the hours that he practices to make sure that he doesn't get paid more than he (laughs) should Wow.
0: That's a crap. very honest eggplant farmer. Is that <laughs> okay. wow. That's amazing. All right. Well, now I'm gonna go read up on this guy because that's that's awesome. That's amazing. I'll put a link. Send me, send me a link to his like bio or something. I'll put it in the uh the thing. So there you go. You. <laughs> so from all of us at Lighthouse Hockey, uh and the Albert Genius, I'll speak for him. And uh all of us uh podcasters here, happy new year. And we'll talk to you again uh just before the season starts. All right. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later, bye bye. The Titan